Welcome, beautiful people, to another episode of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. You know I'm talking about the Fight Podcast. I am your humble host, the underground king, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 177. Keeping the party going, man. We have an amazing episode for you today. You know what? I'm so excited. I'm just going to tell you guys about today's menu right off the bat. On today's menu, I'm doing something a little different. I'm switching it up. I'm giving you guys a little bit more content. So what I'm going to do, obviously, it's our week, middle of the week show. I have to give you our five rounds of fight news. Where I sit back, I'm going to talk about Robert Whitaker, the real reason why he actually pulled out of his upcoming fight. Conor McGregor, who should he actually fight? Coming up, Chris Cyborg, as well as all the upcoming amazing fights in MMA. I'm going to break all those things down for you. I also have fight news. I'm going to break down UFC Raleigh. Headlined by Chicago's very own Ruben Blades. And I'm also going to go ahead and talk about Cyborg. Chris Cyborg has her debut. She is having her... Dude, I definitely call that dude Ruben Blades. Ruben Blades. Yo, you know I'm super Puerto Rican when I'm over here calling anybody Blades. Ruben... Curtis Blades, Chicago's very own Curtis Blades. But fam, Ruben Blades, he got some great music. Old school salsa. Oh, man. You should go back and see some of his stuff. Look up his music, man. Ruben Blades is the man. But Curtis Blades is the man, too, man. That's my boy, uh, Chicago's very own De La Salle High School. My man is fighting against Junior Dos Santos this weekend. We will be breaking that down as well, man. So, before we jump into Remember the Fight podcast, each and every week is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatchicago.com. That is sageeatchicago.com. They offer healthy meals, fitness mentoring. They drop meals off for you right at your home or office if you live in Chicago. If you don't, that's totally chill because they also have fitness mentoring and nutrition consultation where people, one of their coaches, one of their mentors will write and develop a program specifically for your needs. Check out Sage Eats at sageeatchicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first three months. And while I'm at it, let's go ahead and give a shout out to the plug, the Fight Podcast. We are available everywhere podcasting is available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Also check us out at the website, www.thefightpodcast.com. And follow me at Serge Vicente. All right, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into five rounds of fight news. Boom! (laughs) All right, guys. uh, This week, man, look, check it out. I want to jump right into it. Usually I play around, I talk a lot, but we have a lot to get into. Um, In terms of, and I talked about this a little bit in the beginning of the show, I'm doing something a little different today. 
Today, I also have, in the middle of the show, we're going to have fight talk. I've been bringing friends on from all over the place. Obviously, we have our boxing guy, our guru, and Brandon Camille. Brandon is always here. He's our boxing guy. He is a part of the squad. But we're going to go ahead and diversify. We're bringing more and more people on who have different perspectives of MMA and boxing. And I want to make sure that they're here on our show and they're heard. I want to make sure of that. So. Sean Lennon of the Fight Leet Report, um, MMA journalist, is joining me on today's show. He will come in halfway through, and then we'll finish off with our fight picks today. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into five rounds of fight news. Robert Whitaker, former 185-pound champion, recently pulled out of his upcoming fight against Jared Cannonier. A lot of people, including myself, was super critical. I was like, again, again, he's doing it again. Over the last three years, he has not been healthy. He went through a couple wars with one of my all-time favorites, Yoel Romero. He got beat up and ended up only fighting really twice in three years. He came back, got dominated by Israel, the last stop bender, Adesanya. And right when he was about to come back, out of nowhere, he pulls out of the fight. So obviously there's speculation. What's going on? Is it something in terms of his intestines again? Is it something? Did he break something? What's going on? Is this dude just falling apart? Yo, it's a whole lot deeper than that. And I have to say, salute to Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker proves that he truly is one of the good guys in the sport. The only reason Robert Whitaker is pulling out of this upcoming fight is because he is going to be donating bone marrow to his sick daughter. Look, I don't know exactly what she has, and I really do hate to start the show. This is kind of sad, but you know, we're going to keep it going from here. But He's always been known as one of the good guys in MMA. With all the fighters that the fires that have been going on in Australia, he actually has been out there helping the firefighters themselves. That's the type of dude he is. That's who Robert Whitaker is. So the fact that he's out here and honestly taking time away from his career to help his daughter man um that is one of the most admirable things that you'll see salute to robert whitaker man hopefully he and his daughter um be, get healthy and everything turns out all right there man so love and support uh prayers thoughts and everybody to robert whitaker and his family all right man round number two uh jumping into it man look when I, how can i stunt man we are all talking about conor mcgregor He's out here, man. He's back. And one of the biggest things is that all of us are starting to really trying to figure out, yo, who's he fighting next? Yo, is it going to be Masvidal? Is it going to be Gaethje? Is it going to be Khabib? Is it going to be Tony? Who is, is it going to be Floyd? We don't know. Is it going to be Terrence Crawford? I'll be talking about that next episode 178 with our boxing guru, Brandon Camille. So keep your eyes and ears open for that one as well. But I've been thinking about it. And let's be honest. He's not fighting Jorge Masvidal next. That's not a fight that they want. 
Jorge's already set his sights on the champion at 170. He wants, after a long 17-year career, he wants what he's owed. And he's going for that welterweight strap. He's not just the BMF title holder. He wants to become the legitimate champion at 170 pounds. And you know what? I, I, I think he can do it. You know what? Yo, he legit might make this shit happen. So that's out of the question. Jorge's out as much as I know a lot of us would have loved to see that fight. Ariel Hawani, VSPN, Ariel Hawani show. He is going up pounding his chest left and right. And he is saying that he believes the individual who should actually get that fight is actually Nathan Diaz. Nathan Diaz, that is a trilogy that they can sell. Especially with, if we really break it down, with Khabib and Tony Ferguson. A lot of people are actually looking at that fight. Oh, he should fight that. Look, that fight's actually going to happen, right? I'm not going to sit back and say, oh, one of them is going to fall out again. Look, fifth time's a charm. This fight will happen. But I also say this. If this fight happens, the prospect that Khabib is going to be able to fight in a month and, and all of a sudden be able to fight Connor within that short turnaround is just not realistic. Because even if he wins, even if Khabib wins, fam, he's going to be beat up. Tony Ferguson, guys, hasn't lost a fight in almost eight years. He hasn't. So this is not going to be a walkthrough fight. So the fact that we think it is, fam, y'all tripping. Lost your fucking minds if you actually believe that that turnaround. And then think about this. He's, he's, he's a devote Muslim. So Ramadan. So realistically, the earliest that a fight between Khabib could happen with Conor McGregor is August, September. That's the, the that's the soonest. And if Conor wants to continue with this season that he's talking about fighting at a minimum three times, well, that's out of the question. So the prospect of Nathan Diaz comes up. International Fight Week. You can sell the trilogy. Two of the biggest names in the sport. But what sense does that make? Nathan Diaz coming off of a getting his ass kicked by Jorge. Don't give a damn what you think. Oh, Serge, look, man, he could. It was stopped early. It was not stopped early. He was about to get TKO'd, people. Come on, let, let's, let's keep it a buck. You know that's what I do. That's what I expect you guys to do. Let's keep it funky. Let's keep it a buck. He was about to get finished. So the fact that people like Ariel Hawani believe that is the best fight for Conor, I, I don't understand. And I don't see it because, again, what's, what's the motivation? Just to, to, to pay people? Just to have a good time? As a fan, yeah, I want to see that fight again. But let's bring the divisions back. Let's stop fucking around and let's actually get back to some normalcy. Nate's not... In the top right now. He's not active enough. So Nate's out the question. But you know who's not? The fight that I have been calling for. The fight. The last guy to knock Donald Cerrone on the first round. The most violent. 
man, in combat sports, it has to be Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje is ranked number three right now. He is on a tear. He is a former champion at the WSOF, which is now the PFL. He has been calling Conor out. And even John Cavanaugh. Conor's coach said, hey, that, that fight actually makes sense. Justin Gaethje came out on his social media and said, yo, now that he got a win, now that he's getting his confidence back, I believe that that fight is going to happen. That's what Justin said. So if that's what Justin said, I'm going to be honest with you. That's the fight that I want. I believe that that fight is going to happen. International Fight Week. We are going to see a war between Conor McGregor and Justin Gaethje. That's the fight that should happen. Don't at me. You know what? Fuck it. At me. I'm down to debate this shit. <laughs> all in all, man, whatever happens, dude, I am excited. I can't wait for that to happen. All right. Moving right along. Round number three. Three. Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg, 21 and 2. Arguably the greatest female fighter of all time. She's recently moved to Bellator. She was with the UFC for a long time. She moved to Bellator. We know back and forth, Dana White and her had a lot of issues. There was not a lot of respect on either end. It was a contentious relationship. Both sides had a lot of fault. I, I, I always side with the fighters, but there was a lot of fault on both sides. Remember, when she left, there was some nonsense, like some lies that they were putting out on Dana. And once you do that, obviously, they're going to let you go. It is what it is. She was recently on a show on um, it's Now and Never on ESPN. And she was talking about her up and coming fight with julia but now before i just you know crown her the new champion of bellator julia bud is a monster julia bud with a record of 13 and 2 she is one of the only two women to ever beat gina carano she beat her at in uh in kick in muay thai back in the day she has a record of 13 and 2 she is the current featherweight champion and is destroying everybody so I'll get to that picking a little later on, but I want to get to this video really quick um, about what Chris Cyborg said about her relationship with Bellator, her contract with Bellator, and her partner of the UFC. You just signed another big contract yes, with yes, Bellator. Yes. They're saying this could be the biggest contract in mixed martial arts. What, are the incentives based on wins and, and, and views? Well, how, is that, how is this working out, the new contract? I know. I feel so blessed the opportunity. You know, I think I, needed, I did the right choice. If you see my value, get out, you know, the, the, the little, bull, little bubble. And I have the opportunity you know, to talk to a lot of, a lot of events, but I, I, I already talked to Scott. And Scott, I worked with him before. You know, I have a nice relationship with him. And he know my value, you know, you know, he's professional. And I, I just feel blessed to have the opportunity to sign a good deal with them. You look really happy, so it must yes, be a pretty good contract. Yes, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy. Happy no, swimming in a bed of money. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think the best thing could be happy uh, with your boss who want to work with you. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, it's hard to work environment, so no good. Having a good relationship with Bellator yes, so it's, far. Yes, it's, it's a perfect. You know, when the first day, when they announced I'm going to fight Julia, everybody talked to me, say, Chris, welcome home. 
Because we everybody works over there and work together in strike force. Yeah. Right. And then now we have a good relationship. We work nice, you know, and uh, I'm easy to work with. Well, listen, a good boss is is valuable at work. Yes. You're coming out of the UFC. You and Dana, that did not end well. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I know I was uh, I was tired of fighting outside the octagon. You know, every time a problem, he tried damage my brain and. It don't work like that. I think it's when you sign contract with a company, it's a both both company want to grow together. And when when the company starts to damage your brand, the better you go away and find a way, you know, for me to continue my legacy. All right. Again, that was her Chris Cyborg's conversation on Now or Never on ESPN. And look, man, I I I agree with her. And what I agree with what Chris Cyborg said in that is this: she's happy now. She has a great relationship with Scott Coker and the brass over there at Bellator. Remember, she was the Strike Force champion. She has an amazing relationship, a working relationship with, in my opinion, the best scout of talent in MMA, which is Scott Coker. So check it out, man. I can't wait to, I believe that if you are not happy in your working environment, you won't perform to the best of your ability, which could have been the reason why she ended up getting beat by Amanda Nunes. We don't know. We don't know where she was mentally. But one thing I do know is that Chris Cyborg is ready to get back to action. And I can't wait to see her perform this weekend against Julia Bud. Bang. All right, man. Yo, check it out. Uh, next up, um, upcoming fights, yo. I want to talk about a couple. This fight that I am super hype about. This was just announced, just announced, and I am so hype about this man, Edmund Shabazian, fam. Edmund Shabazian is eleven and zero. My man is on a four fight winning streak in the UFC. Three of them by first round knockout. Yo, who is Shabazian? Well, look, man, I'm not going to stunt. He is the young dude who is actually managed by Ronda Rousey. Yeah, that Ronda Rousey. So, look, he's managed by her, but the kid is an absolute monster. And it's possibly the future of the division. But that's not totally why I'm excited about this fight. The reason I'm excited about this fight is because he's fighting whom I call the UFC's litmus test. It's not that Buddy's a scrub. Not in the least. Dude is a beast. None other than Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson with the record of 20-7 and seven, has been there in there with the who's who. Israel Adesanya, Anderson Silva, Yoel Romero. Everybody he's been in there with and has pushed to the limit. Fam! He took down Yoel. Yoel's an Olympic wrestler, and he took him down. The dude is an absolute beast. He's been in here forever. But I will say this, and this is why this really excites me. This excites me because when you really think about it, this is the definition of that young cub coming to fight that old grizzled vet, that line. This is Simba. Fighting against Scar. Not granted, I know one's a white dude, one's a black dude. I wasn't trying to make that correlation, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but look, all in all, man, this is going to be on UFC 248. This is the Shanshan Zhang card um, when she's fighting the return of Yoana Yanjechik. Can Yoana get her belt back or is 
the Chinese champ being going to continue rolling. So we'll see what's going to happen. But I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot wait for that one. All right, guys, check it out. That's all the time we had for five rounds of fight news. But like I promised you, here we go. Fight talk. Listen and to enjoy my conversation with the host of the Fight Lead Report, Sean Lennon. Enjoy my combo. Sean Lennon from the Fight Lead Report, man. How is everything going today, man? We're good, man. Beautiful, We're brother. Good. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you very much for inviting me on the show. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Thank you for again joining me on the greatest combat sports and culture in the universe, the Fight Podcast, man. Yo, make sure you guys check out Sean's Fight Elite Report, man. Amazing show, man. And we, he and I had an amazing time this past weekend watching UFC 246. Brother, thank you for having me out, man. It was a good time. Oh, no problem. Anytime, man. Anytime we can get other people in the podcast community to uh, be on the Fight Report remote, it's huge, you know? So, you're going to keep it rolling. Uh, Every every pay per view I'm doing that. So absolutely, dude, it, it's yeah. a great time, man. Um, it's over at Mullins uh, down western here in Chicago. So you know, if you have yes. an opportunity, man, you should definitely check Sean out. People are missing uh, out, man. They People are. are missing out. You yeah. know, I mean, we don't just they're not just open for McGregor. They're open for every single <laughs> UFC fight. And uh, last month we had some <clears throat> low turnout. For three title fights, so we got to change that. Absolutely, man. Look, yeah. good times, man. Um, and 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 uh, now we, we we did talk about McGregor, and and let's just go ahead and and jump right on into it. UFC 246 was this past weekend, and we've all heard all of the stuff. It was a return of the Mac. Conor McGregor is back, and. Um, and it's funny because I'm hearing so many different things. And before we get into this, I just want to get, you know, we watched the event together. What, for you, scale of 1 to 10, how impressed were you with Conor McGregor and his performance? I was um, particularly impressed. I wasn't going to say it was the best fight of his career. I believe, like, Cowboy Cerrone is it wasn't up to for the for the challenge. That's how I, I see it. Mm. And I'm kind of in that kind of crowd where, you know, they could have found a better fighter for him to go up against. But, you know, Cerrone was game. You know, he, he was willing to take the fight. Maybe maybe so many fighters, they don't want to take Connor back in his first fight back. That could be an issue as well. So what I saw basically was, you know, Don Cerrone was always game. You know, he said he was so excited for this fight. and But he was like a deer in headlights. As soon as Connor turned it up... He had no defense. Uh, I just think it was the wear and tear on his body from previous fights. I think the last two fights in particular showed, uh, you know, kind of like he didn't have it. He didn't have what it took to stay in there, and the, the damage had already accumulated. So I'm going with I'm kind of going with that philosophy. I think McGregor though still, you know, showed everybody who he is. He's a performer. And he's a knockout artist, and that's what we saw on display. And his head is in the game. He's not going to go back and go out of there unless he's 100%, and he was 100% ready to go. So I think that, he answered those questions. Oh, so, okay. So, and so, like I said, so on a scale of 1 to 10, where you give him? I give him about an 8. Nice, nice. You know, I, yeah. I agree with you. I, I give him a, a, an 8 as well. In terms of Connor's performance, yes. um, it, I, it's funny to me because me personally – 
I think there's still so many questions to be asked. Um, it was only 40 seconds, but come on. He is exactly who we thought he was. He went out there. He started off fast. Um, obviously, there are a couple holes and things like that. I think that first initial punch in which he was essentially off balance a bit, I, I think yeah. he was trying to beat Jorge's five seconds. I do. I think he went out there with that in mind. Um, but we have to understand, I mean, he went out there. He did exactly what he was supposed to do against an opponent that he was supposed to do it. We cannot forget he was a huge favorite on this card. So I agree with you. I give him an eight specifically because of the amount of um, the pressure that Connor had. He had a lot of pressure yeah. on him. And yes, he did perform. And he did look to an extent like vintage Connor McGregor. And if Connor McGregor is like he is in this particular fight, if you went out there, he is, you know, He's jovial and he's witty and he's kind. I, I think that is going to do better for him because it reminds me of old Connor. But something that actually, I don't know if it's rubbing me the wrong way, but I continue hearing a couple of different things in terms of Cowboy Cerrone. And yeah. people, I feel like, are kind of dragging Cowboy a bit. Now, don't get it twisted. I've been extremely critical of Cowboy's performance, but I have to say this. Do you think that Cowboy is being unfairly criticized for his performance. People say he's taking a dive. People say he's doing this. So how do you feel about the way the media is portraying uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone? I think uh, that it's unfair, however, but we look at the condition that he was going into the fight with. He already had been knocked out by Justin Gaethje. He already, you know, had that, that war with Tony Ferguson where, you Man. know. Yeah, so basically. Man, tell him. Tell him. Tell these so casuals. What do you expect? What do you expect from Cowboy Cerrone? I think he's always game. This fight is not fixed at all. I mean, Cowboy Cerrone is a guy who will go out on his shield each and every time. He's always an aggressive fighter. However, he's a slow starter. Yes. So that also factored in. Also, it's the first time his main event on pay-per-view. That How might have crazy in is as that? Well. How crazy? But I don't believe the media is, is right in saying that, uh, you know, that criticizing him and saying that he wasn't showing up. He was showing up. He was ready to go. Eight-week training camp or whatever, he was ready to go. Hey, for those of people... Stephen A. Smith, who we'll talk about in a moment, and the rest of the casuals who say Donald Cowboy Cerrone took a dive. Oh, he has no. a broken nose and a fractional orbital. So I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't see people like that taking a dive. Now, in terms of Cowboy, do I think he took a dive? No. Do I think he underperformed? Am I, and am I disappointed in the way Cowboy Cerrone performed? Yes. Because I think it is consistent that when the lights are the brightest and the hottest, he never performs to the best of his ability. There is a reason why the most winning fighter in UFC history, the fighter with the most KOs in UFC history, the fighter with the most bonuses, <laughs> post-fight bonuses in UFC history, has never won a title. Yeah. And it's funny because, and again, you go do his thing and people are like, oh, he didn't want it, he didn't. Look at who Cowboy has been in there with. I think the issue with Cowboy Cerrone is something that you hit on right from the beginning. Yo, the damage and the, 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 what he has taken over the last few years. I mean, let's just go down his, the, let's just go down um, his last few fights. 
2017, he fought Jorge Masvidal, Robbie Lawler, and Darren Till. Nobody wants to fight any of those guys. After that, Yancey Maderos. Yancey is a beast. He beat Yancey. Leon Edwards, one of the, the boogeyman of that welterweight division. Yeah. Mike Perry, who's always tough. He's a racist piece of shit. He drops the N-bomb way too many times. I don't care. I'm glad he got dealt with. Alexander Hernandez, up-and-coming prospect. Ally Quinta. Beast. He just had an amazing fight with Khabib, and Cowboy did damage. Then here we go. Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, Conor McGregor. Think about that. In the last three years, all those fighters are the top fighters in the game, in the two toughest divisions in the sport. So to say he didn't want it, I'm not going to say that, but all of those fights and all the ones that I listed that he actually lost, which is... Jorge, Robbie, Darren Till, Leon Edwards, Tony, Justin Gaethje, Connor. All those fights were against the best of the best. So this is what I'll say about Cowboy, and I think not enough people are saying this. Cowboy Cerrone is an all-time great. Cowboy Cerrone is not elite. And I think people need to understand that. He's very good. But there is a different level that he's just not at, and that's his ceiling, and that's okay, and we have to acknowledge that. Definitely. All right, man. So look, the rest of the card. I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. The card itself. Okay, you know what? And, and I talked about this a little bit also. Um, the media. I want to get your thoughts on the broadcast because I'm gonna be honest with you. I think ESPN dropped the ball. I think ESPN, I love the fact that the ESPN is now a part of the UFC, that they're taking such a precedent of which I consider the greatest sport in the world, which is MMA. I love it. But doesn't it seem like the people they have talking about it, Stephen A. Smith, Molly Kiram, Jalen Rose, you have the name goes on and on. And it truly, even Max Kellerman, it doesn't seem as if these individuals know what the hell they're talking about. And let's be honest, Stephen A. Smith showed his ass this weekend. (laughs) He showed his ass. He looked terrible, man. So um, let me ask you this. Am I tripping or was Stephen A. Smith garbage and, like, we need to do something about this? Don't get me started on Stephen A. Smith, first of all. (laughs) I did not. I I don't enjoy him. Outside of MMA, so having him in MMA and having his thoughts and comments, I mean, really, what are you, what are you thinking, man? He's not anywhere near what MMA broadcasts. So, man, you could do a way better job. Oh, you see Joe Rogan trying to hold his laughter in. Shale Sonnen also, and he said he got hit more than Connor last week, and and stuff like that. I mean, really. You know, it's it's just it just shows you, and then he's you know he was pointing out Cowboy Cerrone, and uh, and it was more like he was pointing down Cowboy Cerrone more than talking about how good Connor's win was. Absolutely, and he didn't want to give Connor the credit either. Yeah, absolutely. And, just, and he he didn't take a side, and he didn't, and, it, and when when he did try to make points, they were just you know asinine. Absolutely. So I I just feel like. He needs to stay far away from mixed martial arts. He can go, you know, blow the horn or whatever, sound the horn. I don't know any of those broadcast shows are. <laughs> you know, he can, he can stay there. You know what I mean? He can talk about NBA, but please get rid of Stephen A. Smith from any future UFC broadcast. He has no place there. None of the, it, it, I, none I'm of the with people you. there 
have place. Maybe Max Comey because he's a fight guy. Yeah. But even him, you yeah. can get better people. I le- used to like when they had Gilbert Melendez and Jail Sonnen. Absolutely. On ESPN. You know, now, and even Josh Thompson. Now we don't have any of those guys. Yeah, so here's the thing. I think that, <clears throat> so here's the thing about Stephen A. The bag that Stephen A got from ESPN yeah. this year, he deserves every bit of it. But one thing I'll say about Stephen A. Smith is this. Yo, and fighting is just not his lane. No. He just doesn't know about it. And let's be honest, he doesn't know or respect the sport enough to actually try to do anything about it. I don't know if you saw it. Yo, if you guys haven't had an opportunity to check it out, those of us listening in podcast land, Stephen A. Smith just put a video out where he was out there, I guess, hitting the pads with his trainer. (laughs) If you don't know how to throw a punch... You probably shouldn't talk about fights. This right. punches, it looked like he was one right hand to the dick, left uppercut so I get the hell out of there. It was <laughs> the worst looking thing I ever seen. But look, man, it's just not his lane. Um, right. I, I think that ESPN, I, I understand bringing him in. He's there. He's the face of ESPN. They're trying to bring the casuals in there. But they also have to understand that when you're coming into combat sports or any other sport, that would be like Chael Sonnen going over there and doing Monday Night Football. It right, wouldn't make exactly. sense. It's not his lane. So <laughs> hire people. that That's their jobs. That's what they do. Look, all yeah. the love and support for Stephen A., I think he deserves the bag. He pisses me off a lot. I'm not going to lie. But at the end of the day, yo, fam, it's just not your lane. And mainstream media... It is time. There's journalists and people who actually understand the sport. Let right. those people have the opportunity. Don't force somebody upon us. So that was my only thing with Stephen A., man. But look, I digress. Right. Let's jump back into UFC 246 because here's the thing. UFC 246, hashtag disappointed. Because this fight card, to me, the main event, I, I was we were happy with what we saw because we got the return of the Mac. But in terms of the rest of the card, I think it was doo-doo. I think we talked about this at the end of the yeah. We talked about this also. Holly Holm, I couldn't be more disappointed. Um, no. um, but two things. I, I wanted two fighters I want to get your point across. I want to see what you think about this and see how you how would you deal with this. Let's start off with the up-and-coming hype train, which is Macy Barber. Macy Barber goes out there and gets completely dominated by Rax, uh, Roxanne Mataferi. She is now going to be out between eight and nine months with a torn ACL. Her team is saying that that happened the first 10 seconds of the fight. Total bullshit. Yeah, it is. That happened second round. We saw when that happened. It is what it is. But she was getting on from the get-go. She was getting on. Now, let me ask you this. Is, is she all hype, or do you still believe she has the opportunity? I'm talking about Macy Barber. Does she still have the opportunity to become the champion that she wants to, specifically before 23, and beat John Jones's record? Anything is possible at this point, but it is a major setback. She's going to be out eight to nine months. She, I had to go back and rewatch that fight and see what exactly Roxanne was doing. And what she was doing was... She was beating her ass. That's what she was doing. She was just moving. (laughs) And she was, she was cutting angles that Macy wasn't used to. Yep. And then, of course, with the wrestling, that's where she really shined. Took Macy down, which I was surprised. I was too. Very hard with the Askren Academy. And Askren in her corner. She's, you know, one of the elite in in everything right now, right? In every, in every style. 
uh, that she she brings. But you know what, Macy Barber, you know, ran into a, a freight train. That's she did. Was. She got owned from the beginning to the end. And does it set her back in a career? Yes, but she is not done, in my opinion. Anything is possible because the fact they hand out title shots sometimes like candy. Fair. So whoever is the hot fighter, you get one 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 fight. Oh, you're the you're the number one contender. And I believe that's happens. I believe Macy Barber's gonna fight Paige Van Zandt upon her return. <laughs> Paige Van Zandt sees she's human again. That she is human. Now she wants to smoke. Human eyes, and they're gonna fight each other, maybe for a number one contender spot. I mean, so anything is possible at this point. I won't rule it out. Not being uh, not being John Jones' record. However, it's a major setback, and she's got to do a lot to get back. There's a lot of rehabbing. There's a lot of training. She is mentally tough, and I believe that she can do it. I believe so. I don't know if she's gonna jump champion. But, but I believe she's going to come back strong. Look, I believe she's going to come back strong. She's only 21 years old. In terms of her winning that title at 125 at flyweight uh, before 23 years old, no, fuck no, it's not going to happen. Okay. And the reason I say that is this: well, I meant first and foremost, get a title shot. I didn't say she's going to win. <laughs> I, I see. Okay, that maybe she will. Like you said, That's one or I two meant. good wins, okay. she'll definitely get it. But in terms of her winning that belt, no, hell no. Because guess what? Realistically, the greatest female fighter of all time is in that weight class. No, not Amanda Nunes. Valentina Shevchenko, who, in my opinion, beat Amanda Nunes the last time they fought. And not only my opinion, Joe Rogan feels the same way, Chael right. Sonnen feels the same way, and the litany of people who know what's going on feel the exact same way. So right. that is not going to happen. Now, a couple things that you mentioned that I want to talk about in this one, and, and, and real quick, guys, we, we, have, we don't have that much time left, but I do want to say talk about this. Two things. First of all, Roof Sport has a legitimate issue with grappling. And nobody is talking about that enough. Mm-hmm. I don't care if Ben Askren is there. Their fighters get dominated on the ground. If you fight a Roof Sport athlete, you give them pressure, they wilt. Look what happened with Macy Barber. Look what happens with Anthony Pettis. It is something that I've noticed. It has been consistent, and they need yeah. to do something about that. I've already said it. I think Anthony Pettis needs to leave Roof Sport. I think Anthony Pettis needs to go to Montreal. He needs to go to TriStar with a grappling heavy team with an amazing game plan. He can still use Duke. That's fine. But in terms of having his entire camp, he needs to leave Milwaukee. Um, I'm going to bring Anthony Pettis up in a a moment, but I also have to talk about this. And you were talking about how Macy Barber gets a title shot after, you know, one good win, right? I'm saying it's possible. No, I, I, I agree. It's possible. But I have an issue with the UFC and the way they do hand these title shots out like Skittles. I do. (laughs) The fact that Jose Aldo Jr. coming off of two losses is about to get a title shot at Bantamweight is appalling. Now, the fact that Yoel Romero gets one off of a a loss, I'm all for it because a couple different things. Nobody else in that weight class right now that should be fighting for the title. And let's be honest with you, again, that's another one. His last two fights, the majority of people believe he won the fight. Mm-hmm. Myself included. Yeah, he beat uh, Bohachina, and he definitely beat Robert Whitaker. We all know that. 
Um, do you think this is an issue? And do you think the UFC needs, and we'll make this one quick, but do you think, just a yes or no, does the UFC need to do something about it? And really, what can they, how can we get back to just, just normalcy in MMA? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it, I think they're under a lot of pressure now. They need to put in, you know, fighters, certain fighters in there, slot them in that are going to make ratings for them. Uh, I think it also, you know, with the injuries coming to play, there is no one else in the middleweight division. That's the perfect uh, spot. But it was the fact that Henry Suter already had defeated Marlon Marais just recently. They didn't want to put him back in that slot. But, but they did, they but at the Aldo same has time. Only a amount of time left. I'm just saying from their thinking. No, I'm. but here's the thing. Right. You, they have three individuals, Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling, Corey Sanhagen. Right. The three of those gentlemen deserve a shot at the title, especially uh, the funk master in Aljamain Sterling. He deserves right. that shot. How are you going to give Jose Aldo a shot when he literally just lost two in a row and won to the guy that the champion already beat up? Because they're going to put it in Brazil and they want to sell tickets. Exactly. Very you know, good I'm just point. saying yes, that's sir. their logic. I don't know. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that's their logic. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, all right, a couple more things, man, uh, especially in pertaining to this card. Anthony Showtime Pettis took another loss to a great uh, grappler, which it seems to be his Achilles heel. So I'm right. going to propose something to you, and I want to see what you think about this. The UFC <coughs> traded Mighty Mouse for Ben Askren. With one championship, the UFC needs to do the exact same thing with the PFL and trade Anthony Showtime Pettis for Lance Palmer. Come on, man. Let me know what you think. I think that's a good look. Yeah, I'm not sure about if that's ever going to happen. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I would say that is a good trade. But I, it's, I, it's nice to entertain and think about those things. And but I just don't think like you know any players wants to go to PFL like a promotion that's not near the same level UFC. I believe one yeah, championship get that paycheck. But I think one championship is almost at you know is like a tier under UFC. They're like right they're there. Right they're like there. the they UFC right now of of, of of Southeast Asia. Yeah, they're, so they're I amazing. I believe that that was just a more enticing opportunity for uh, Demetrius Johnson. The fact yeah. that. His coach Matt Hume is a uh, man investor over there. or yeah. part of the uh, you know part of the part of the company as well. Absolutely, Bradley is to go to PFL with no connection and uh, you know less pay. I know you have the opportunity to win that million dollars, but man. let's be honest, man, Pettis doesn't need that money. I feel like I told you before. I don't think he has the fire and the drive. I think he's got a lot of things, a lot of businesses. I know he has a lot of businesses outside oh, yeah. of MMA. A lot of things out of his attention outside of the sport. So I think that's the reason why the in-ring product is suffering. Absolutely. is inside the cage is suffering because of everything else going around him. And I just don't, like I said, he may not have the fire anymore. Absolutely. And that, actually, sure he's a guy a who has a different fighter. And he's also a guy that has a lot of tread on the tires, man. But yes. it's all good. All right, but we're going to finish up with this here. For sure. And we're going to get into this a little bit because it is something that um, that I find to be very, very, very interesting. Uh, Conor McGregor wants to come back in March, right? Yeah. Um, at first, we talked a lot about Jorge Masvidal, and people were excited about that. But through interviews, what the UFC is saying, what Jorge is saying, that fight's not going to happen. Right. Um, he is not going to fight Jorge Masvidal. We will not see that. 
Jorge Masvidal will be fighting Kamar Usman next, in my humble opinion. Um, I just hearing how the UFC is positioning it, how Connor's positioning it, how you can tell Jorge is already done. He's like, look, he doesn't want to fight anymore. I'm focusing on getting a legitimate belt. And the, he even said it. That Connor fight's going to be there. It is what it is. It'll be there if he really wants to smoke, but it doesn't seem like he wants to smoke. Now we really think about it. We were like, when will Connor be fighting next? And who is it? So let's be honest. He's not going to fight in March because I, I generally believe that fight's going to happen. Their pay-per-view is scheduled every month until then, until June or July. Two, this is a two-part question. Do we see Connor before June or July? And if we do, who do you think he fights? Um, that's hard to say. <laughs> I, the only reason I could see him before June or July is if something happens with Ferguson and Habib and he right. slots in there. So that's the only way I see him fighting before June or July. Uh, if, if he were to fight before then, it would have to be Masvidal. Uh, but I, I just don't okay. see how I think they're going to save that for the big international fight weekend, the big card they're having, you know, the second week of July. It's yeah. such an amazing uh, event, you know, that they do every year. So I think that that's what they're going to be saving Conor McGregor for. I could be wrong, though. They could they could put uh, Conor McGregor in in, uh, in June or May, yeah. you know what I mean? But I believe that it's international fight weekend. Obviously, May is going to be the Brazilian card, so he doesn't have a chance to be on there. But it's going to be – April be is the – April's the Yoel Romero uh, Adesanya card, so that's not happening. Right, right. March is Adesanya, then Ferguson. So I believe Ferguson, and if something happens and he can step in, that's the only way we see him. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. man. Um, yeah, I don't see it happening either. Um, who do you think he fights? I think he, he fights uh, Khabib if, if Ferguson gets hurt again. I think the odds of that happen. No, 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 We ain't going for that. Know, that fight is happening. Five times that fight, fight is happening. I am okay. not. I am not going to put that juju out there into the universe. That All fight right. is happening one thousand percent. So the question is this: Who does Conor up. McGregor fight? I'm not talking about them. We're taking them out of the picture. Right. Who should Conor McGregor fight? Masvidal's out. Could beat Tony or out. Who's left? Gaethje. You think he's going to? I, I did. John Kavanaugh has brought him up. Yes, I think he fights Gaethje in the summer. So I'm with you. What's going to happen is this: Conor McGregor is going to fight Justin Gaethje, and then Conor McGregor is going to finish the year off by fighting Floyd Mayweather. That really? is Conor McGregor's year. You think he's going to go back to boxing? It's too much money, man. It's too much money. Too many people are already talking about it. I don't see him getting past Justin Gaethje. He can. He absolutely can. He has the ability to. Um, right. and, and I'm not picking. I'm not saying he just doesn't have a shot. But I, I, I think that's how it's going to go. I think he's going to fight Justin in the summer. I think he's going to get dealt with, with just by Justin. And, uh, and then after that, he fights Floyd Mayweather. But if he gets past Justin, uh, he ends up um, fighting Khabib or Tony. The winner yeah, of that fight. That I could see Dana White saying, hell, you know, send him out to fight the winner of Khabib and Tony. You never know. You never right? know. You never know. You, you know, never he might know. say that. Dana White wants to see that rematch. He said it's a major rematch. And especially if Khabib wins, you never know. Oh, we're going we're gonna to announce it already. I'm going to be honest October with you. I told something. We got Khabib and, uh, and McGregor two I, years I, later. I think too many people are generally just writing off Tony Ferguson like he's they a are. bum. 
And people don't understand, Tony Ferguson has not lost a fight in going on eight years. He has not lost a fight. His last loss was against Michael Johnston. That was his last loss, and that was in 2012. I remember that fight. Yep. That was a long time ago. A long time ago, man. And let's be honest, Khabib Nurmagomedov has never lost a fight and never lost a round in his career. Um, This fight, honestly, is against the two greatest lightweights in UFC history. Sean, brother, thank you so much for joining me on the Fight Podcast, man. Sean, man, where can they find you? Hey, just follow us at Fightly on on YouTube, on Instagram. We also have uh, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the Fightly Report on Apple Podcasts as well. And I'm Sean Lane. host the Fightly Report, guys. See you out there for the next remote. There of course, we're at Bowling 7301 Northwestern. We'll be there on February 8th for the next big car, UFC 247. Absolutely. Sean, brother, thank you so much too. for joining me, man. And again, no thank, you, thank you for letting me hang out, bro. It was a good time. Anytime, man. Come back. Come back <laughs> February 8th. I hope to see you there. All right. Sounds good, brother. Take care. Take care. Yes, Bye. sir. All right. All right, man. Yo, that was my conversation with Sean Lennon, the host of the Fight League Report, man. Go ahead and check him out, man. He has a great show. He's had a bunch of really, really, really dope dudes on there. Everybody from like Jorge Masvidal, Mike Brown, a couple great coaches, man. Some dudes out of Detroit. Uh, A lot of fun, man. So you have an opportunity. Check out the Fight League Report. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Check out Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com, sageeatschicago.com. They cook and deliver healthy meals and deliver them directly to your home or office. So do yourselves a favor, get yourselves back right, get in shape before it is time for bikini season. Holla at Sage Eats Chicago. Um, sign up today. You'll get 10% off of your first three months with promo code FIGHT. Also, remember, the Fight Podcast is everywhere. Podcasts are available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Check us out also on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. And follow your boy, the Underground King. At Serge Vicente and at the Serge Vicente on Twitter. All right, with that being said, let's just go ahead and jump back into it. All right, man. Look, yo, before we get out of here, you know we have to talk about the two two pretty awesome events this weekend. I'm not gonna stunt. This is another one of those weekends when you really look at it. I think Bellator has the upper hand. Bellator definitely has a better card than UFC, but there's some fire on this UFC card. So let's go ahead and start with that. This weekend, Raleigh, North Carolina, we have Chicago's very own, De La Salle High School's very own, the number three ranked Curtis Razorblades. He's going to go out here and fight Junior Dos Santos, who's actually still ranked number four. Man, the former champion is an absolute monster. So, look, in terms of this fight, we have to look at what type of fighters each one of them has really had issues with. They've both gotten starched by heavy-handed punchers. Francis Ngannou obviously has gotten them both, um, but they've been in there with some of the best. Ruben Curtis, Ruben Blades. Curtis Blades, man, is one of, if not the most powerful wrestlers in MMA. Fam, he has to cut to get to 265. He's huge. 
But the dope thing about it is, man, his striking has come a long way. Training with Elevation Fight Team up there in uh, in Denver, you have to love what he's doing. And I really, really, really believe that, yo, it's his time. I love Junior Dos Santos. He's one of my all-time favorites. Dude is a beast. He's beaten some of the best of the best. And look, man, especially at heavyweight, you remember, man, your power is definitely the last thing to go. So, um, man, uh, this was a tough one for me, but come on, man. You know I got to stick with my city. Uh, I got um, Curtis going ahead and knocking it out. Um, honestly, I think he's going to go ahead and get a second round stoppage ground and pound. Uh, also on this card, you have the former lightweight champion, the current welterweight beast, um, Rafael Dos Anjos. He is also on this card and he is fighting former lightweight contender and now also welterweight beast, uh, Michael Chiesa. Yo, this should, I think this is going to be the most action packed fight of the night. And it really depends. RDA always has trouble with powerful grapplers. Look what happened with him when he ended up fighting against the current champion right now in Kamara Usman. And also when he fought against the MAGA jerk over there in uh, Kobe Covington, right? Uh, both of those big wrestlers were able to go ahead and really control the pace, wear on them, and end up getting decision wins. Michael Chiesa is huge. He's one of those guys that has to, I mean, dude, he's, he walks around at 200 something pounds and he fights at a buck 70. It's nuts. So you have Buddy go out here and uh, his grappling obviously is top notch. Now, who do I believe is the most well-rounded fighter in this fight? I have to say RDA. RDA is better standing. He trains with Kings MMA out there um, in uh, Orange County in, uh, in LA. Been by the gym, man. Beautiful facility. That shit's in the middle of nowhere, though, fam. First of all, who the hell wants to live out there? I have no idea. You got LA here and y'all want to live by a Costco? That's on you. I'm not about that life. I'd rather be in the city. But uh, <laughs> uh, but check it out, man. Um, it should be a good fight, man. I can't wait to see uh, see it. <clears throat> I think the, the younger, um, more phys physical grapper, Michael Chiesa, is going to lay on RDA and I think he's going to end up getting a finish in this or getting a win. He's going to get a, a win and kind of move on. Um, I think you by unanimous decision. All right. Uh, moving right along to Bellator. Bellator is the return. Actually, now the return, the first fight for Chris Cyborg with Bellator, man, after signing the most lucrative deal in MMA history, Chris Cyborg is over here with, um, uh, with Bellator and she's fighting an absolute beast in Julia Budd, man. Julia Budd, yo, we, she hasn't, she's only lost to Amanda Nunes and, um, <laughs> and Ronda Rousey. She has, uh, as she's going out there, destroying everybody. She's the champion at featherweight there, but Chris Cyborg is who we know she is. Um, I think she gets the win on this one, man. I think she gets a win and starts. I think she's happy. I think she's in a great place mentally. I see her getting a win. Uh, Co-main event, Darren Caldwell, former uh, uh, Bantamweight champion, is fighting against the prospect, the beast, uh, Adam Borick. Man, Adam Borick has six finishes in a row. Uh, Darren Caldwell obviously has one win in a row. Wasn't the most exciting fight in the world, but he's always one of those guys that gets the job done. Uh, I'm going with the underdog. I'm going with the 14-0 Adam 
Borix. Uh, next up, one of my favorites, friend of the show, Juan Archuleta, is fighting the always tough Henry Corrales. Juan Archuleta um, just coming off of a loss against the champion, Patricio Pitbull, and uh, he's 23-2. He's going to go out there against Henry Corrales. Henry Corrales is also coming off a loss to the aforementioned Darren Caldwell man. Remember, Corrales is one of the guys that knocked out the big up-and-coming prospect, Aaron Pico, but we got to go ahead and rock with friend of the show, Juan Archuleta is going to get a win. And then finally, the one I want to talk about is the 18 and 5 Roof Sport Vet. It is the, the pretty much the first fight for Sergio Pettis with Bellator. Remember, Sergio Pettis is a free agent with the UFC. And my man ended up piecing out, man. Uh, he found a better deal, and he feels like there's better matchups for him in Bellator. So he's making his jump to Bellator, and he's fighting Kakashan. And Kakashan's a tough dude, man. He's loving him for, but you know I have to rock with a roof sport dude. I have to rock with a dude who has my name. I'm going with Sergio Pettis, man. Also, kind of notable mentions, Raymond Daniels, amazing kickboxer. One of the greatest strikers you will ever see. Um, if you like the way Michael Venom Page fights, this guy actually beat Michael Venom, Venom Page in straight kickboxing. He's that dope. So check out Raymond Daniels. He fights on this. And actually Aaron Pico, who a lot of us all believed was going to be the next big thing, the LeBron James of uh, MMA. Well, check it out, man. He's back. And he says he feels like he he has it figured out. And um, and I can't wait to see what happens with him in this fight. This is actually his first full camp with Team Jackson Winks. So we'll see if that really helps him out uh, in one way or another, man. But look, all in all, yo, it's about all the time I have for today, man. As always, yo, I love you guys. Thank you for joining me right here on the Fight Podcast. Remember, we're brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Check them out at the website, sageeatchicago.com. Also, let your friends, let everybody know about the greatest combat sports and culture in the universe, the Fight Podcast, man. Love you guys. This is your boy, Serge Vicente. Deuces! Deuces!